on? Happy holidays. You're listening to the Long Island Sound Podcast, your source for everything Isles, and the only Islanders podcast to finally break the goalie rotation and not have anything to show for it. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Viteri, and I'm joined this week by Ben Cohen. What's going on, Ben? Not much. Um, this Canada-USA game is just going off. We're recording during the last couple of minutes. So, uh, you know, go USA, I guess. Yeah, those games are always back and forth, and this is like a this is like a barn burner here at the end. We were just about to start recording, and I turned on the game on mute, and it was just the replay of the United States tying it four four, and then literally five seconds later, Canada made it five four. So two twenty left in the third. Let's go USA. That World Junior Tournament is always such a good time of the year too, because it's like right around like holiday break and like winter break and everybody's just kind of around and it's like right before new year's it's always it's always such a fun tournament like i'll always have that Kiefer bellows outdoor game in my head where they wore like the buffalo bills usa jerseys kind of and uh and he found the guy wearing the bellows jersey his dad's jersey and he celebrated by him like it's just world juniors and like the I remember like the JT goal and like Eberly and stuff like just yeah. World Juniors is just such a fun tournament. It's so good. They like they need to do a better job of getting it in front of more people because it's just such a fun time. Did you see the um the NHL YouTube channel posted the best goals of the decade? And I gotta be honest, maybe my favorite one is Jordan the Jordan Eberly like first goal in the National Hockey League. Oh, oh my yeah yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. I- just being able to appreciate that goal also as an Islander, like now that he's an Islander, it's just so cool. Yeah, Everly's Everly's awesome. I, that was that like what a way to announce yourself into the NHL with like a goal that like ends up going on like the goal of the decade, you know, countdown yeah. kind of thing. That that's that's sweet. Well, man, let's let's you know let's start on a positive note here. How how's Hanukkah treating you, Ben? It's Good. I got a little, I told you off air, I got a little bit of an Islanders uh, merch. I got a Beauvillier shirt, um, which is, uh, Beauvillier is slowly becoming one of my favorite Islanders. I can't lie. Um, I don't, I don't blame you. And, and can we, while we're on the bow topic, can we just talk about one of the greatest things in the world? He just like had a shout out to Anna Kendrick on Twitter the other day and like sure. Isles Isles Twitter's just been like blowing up Anna Kendrick now like hey he's a great guy like check it out like it's just the funniest thing like he just like wrote like hey Anna Kendrick on Twitter and like, so, so he's feeling he's feeling confident he's feeling confident yeah oh love that I mean there was a I saw someone re- replied like Anthony Bavilia really is shooting more this year yeah yeah yep. shoot your shot that's it um, I got an Islanders beanie. You know that gray one with the the Islanders logo is white. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. So I I got that one as well. And then a card sticker, which I told you, uh, I'm I'm scared of putting on the car because you said because you know Boston fans are gonna kill me, but I think it's more than my dad's gonna kill me. So I think I might just put it on my computer or something. Yeah, do it, do yeah, do. That's what you millennials do, right? Like you put stickers on all that shit. Like you're like, oh yeah, my uh, my 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 MacBook, my whatever. I'm just gonna put stickers on it and be be an individual and all that, right? That's what you do. Yeah, this yeah. is true. So that being that. said, important distinction. I'm not a millennial. Um, there's. I a know you're I'm, you're yeah. like even more like what like what is below that? Gen Z. Oh God, Z. See, okay. you're just that confuses me. Now it's first of all Canada just uh, empty net so six four game over yeah. um, and and uh, Gen Z is I'm thinking about it what's the next generation gonna be Gen A A like yeah really double get in, yeah double 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 yeah um, I don't know they'll come and, up with some they'll come up with some social buzzword in the next ten years and that's what we'll. And maybe it'll be an event that defines them or something. Yeah. You know? You never... Call this, like, you gen filler word. Gen, like, gen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Something. Yeah. I'm glad you got Islander swag. I got some I things. Got... I needed. I didn't need much because I've been buying Islander stuff pretty much throughout the year. But my license plate holder on my car broke 
like a metal I had like a metal license plate holder that said New York Islanders on it and it just like the other day just snapped in half when I was closing my trunk. So I was like, I don't know if that's like a bad omen or something, but I was like, Ugh. I didn't take it off or anything. But Jules got me a, a a nice replacement, and I got one of those. My one of my one of my boys got me uh, that snapback fisherman hat with the teal brim. That's pretty oh, nice. Oh nice. So I, I got one of them. So I'm happy. I'm happy there. But man, hot. Uh, so yeah, Christmas was good by me. We uh, had a good time. Went to my parents' house uh, across the state. They live in West Palm, so that was fun. And um, I had much- actually Christmas as well. It was not, you know, Christmassy. I was, I'm, I'm actually in your neck of the woods again. I'm back in Florida. Um, last night I was up pretty late because so Zoe, Zoe's one of them, and Zoe told me that she couldn't sleep without a light. She came and tried to sleep in my bed, and so I was, I was trying to like think back to when I was, uh, when I was younger and what my parents would do to me because I was thinking about it like. I would always fall asleep in my parents' bed, but I'd wake up in my bed. So how do I get her back to her bed without her waking up? And so I was like, what's the best way to pick her up? And I I realized in hindsight that it would have been really easy. Like, you just, like, hold her, like, where her head is, like, on your shoulder. But I realized I held her, like, like you'd hold, like, a, uh, like, two arms, like, outstretched, like a, like a one of those giant pencils. I don't even know how to explain it. I and I realized what an idiot I was. I was like, in, in fairness, I was really tired as well. But I was like, I, I was doing such a good job, and I just blew it. And so she woke up for a second. And I was like, all right, at this point you're awake. I'm just gonna put you down, and you can walk the rest of the way. And then we were good the rest of the night. But I was I was happy for a little bit, and then I blew it. So a little bit disappointed in myself. That's all right. You've got years to learn, my friend. Yeah. So uh, let's talk Isles. Let's. Let's. Got some games to go over. And, you know, by my energy level here, you can tell just how thrilled I am about how things have gone. But but you were at the game against the Bruins. So let's start there. That was a W. It's a shootout win, but it was a W. Uh, how was it? The atmosphere. Well, I have a love-hate relationship with TD Garden because I hate Boston with a passion. Boston sports teams, Boston the city. I just, Boston grinds my gears. And I said that on purpose because the phrase grinds my gears, grinds my gears. I That's like my pet peeve is that phrase. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but beating Boston is just amazing. I had seen Bruins Islanders, the fixture, three times. This is my third, was the third time I saw Bruins beat Islanders 3-1 two years ago in, in, at TD when Marchand hit JT and it should have been a major and it was a minor and I was like screaming and my friends were like, dude, like I, I agree that, you know, maybe that was not the right call, but you're going to get killed. And so I, you know, quieted down a little bit. Um, and then I was at the 5 nothing last year at the Coliseum uh, both times with my friend who's a Bruins fan. And so I was able to, you know, notch a win with my friend again. Uh, yeah, we're exercising. We're exercising some demons this yeah. year, you know, which is which is nice. Um, I thought Varley played. I thought Varley played a good game. I thought uh, he definitely did enough to get the nod the next start, in which we alluded to at the top of the show. Uh, Trotz went and uh, kind of broke the broke the the the, the rotation, the, the record setting Islanders rotation for for the the game against Anaheim, but. Um, before we before we go to that, I think uh, you know I know Johnny Boychuk always plays well, you know, in front of his old team, in front of his old fans, and everything. But he's just been um, he's really been like such a such a warrior this season. And with the defense kind of floundering a little bit in the next you know the next few games that we'll talk about, I thought Johnny's been a pretty good constant. Um, I know you know he had that he had a great pass. He had a nice goal. Um, he's just, you know, kind of doing doing his thing, and and it's nice to see that at his age, he's he's healthy, and uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been really really impressing me, and and I, I I also I love the fact that we went into 
a hostile environment, one of the top teams in the East, and we played a, a heavy game like they do, and we went blow for blow with them and ended up leaving with two points. That's that's a that was a big statement win, especially coming off of a, an eight three blowout against the the Preds. I thought uh, it was a really good rebound against uh, against that team. Oh, for sure. I right after the Predators game, I I texted the friend I was going to go to the game with, and I was like. As much as I did not like losing to the Preds, I've never been more confident that we were going to win at at TD Garden. I was like, the Islanders just they don't they don't shit the bed twice in a row. They just don't. And it was to the I don't know why I was so confident, and I put my neck on the line by saying that because I I wouldn't have been able to live that down if I had been that confident going into as you said like one of the toughest buildings to play in the NHL. Um, yeah. That made me think of is. You know, you're going over the schedule of the next few games, which I'm sure we'll get to a lot later. And it makes me confident that they can go into Washington and get something because Washington are the only team in the NHL who are like clearly better than the Islanders. Uh, of course, I would I would say that if you were to say, you know, who's the second best team in the league, I probably wouldn't say the Islanders. But if you look at the standings, Islanders are the third best winning percentage in the league. And is, isn't second St. Louis, I want to say? I know St. Louis has been up there. I didn't check. I haven't checked, uh, you know, as of as of today. But I know like a week ago, like they were like everybody. It was like kind of like a cluster between between the Isles, Boston, St. Louis, Washington. Um, yeah, they got. You know, I, I tell you, they have to. They have to. Um, they have to start winning some some tough games now because they left some points on the table with some some weaker teams. Uh, before we get off the Boston game, I also want to say. Um, Scary moment. I mean, I know we always talk about, you know, that eventually Clutterbuck or Martin or Sezikis is going to be out of the lineup with an injury because of the way they play and everything. But, man, scary moment with Cal uh, slicing his wrist open on a skate blade off of a hit. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the the, yeah. the images on Twitter or, or, or online, but, my God, scary. I mean, that was a bad gash. I, don't, the- I mean – I don't know how long the recovery time is on that, but Lamarillo said he's out indefinitely, so I guess it depends on how his wrist heals after surgery. Yeah. yeah. In the building, it was hard to um, to see what happened at first because um, it looked, from where I was, I was on the other side in um, toward the middle of the, but on the, on the other side. So it looked like, it was a slash. I mean, if you're going straight off the ice, it, it, I mean, it it looked like a slash to me. And I, a couple other Islanders fans um, in my vicinity, sort of picked. I, I sort of picked up on their wanting some penalty, which of course it was not. Um, I at the next stoppage, I, I looked on Twitter because you know you go straight down the tunnel, and I was I was you know obviously scared for him and and for the Islanders. I mean, he's a he's a crucial piece to the lineup, and I saw that it was the skate and when. When you just see a skate makes contact, it's just it's scary shit. It's, yeah, well, especially uh, after what we just after what we just saw in juniors, where you know we almost had somebody die from a skate you know skate blade injury, and then you know to see that, and it was a uh, I forgot who it was, but it was ended up being uh, Patrice Bergeron skate who who ended up cutting Clutterbuck. So um, yeah, it was it was it was it was scary, but uh, you know hopefully he. It, if there's a silver lining, it's that hopefully he'll be back in time for the end of the season. He'll be rested and um, ready for the playoffs, you know, which is which is something that I think, uh, you know, will actually long term be better for the Isles to, to have, a, a, you know, a, a much rested Cal Clutterbuck for the playoffs because, you know, every game's a war. Um, yeah, that made me think of the Carolina series and, and when it ended. Um, one of the memorable tweets for me was, "Let's see what happens on locker room cleanout day." I'm, you know, I'm curious what the injuries were because it was clear that toward the end the Islanders lacked something, and it's true that that obvious thing was a goal scorer, and that the Islanders with a goal scorer definitely wouldn't have been swept. But you know, they 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 were the second best team in that series, but not by you know for four yeah weeks. it was closer both series were closer than the than the yeah. than the actual you know results ended up showing i think and yeah. trot said that too he said that, so, you know in the summer when he went back and looked at the tape the, the both series the penguin series and the hurricane series was much closer 
Yeah, and so I was just when when Clutterbuck when it was released that Clutterbuck had all those back problems, I was just thinking like, yeah, we we probably could have used a little bit we uh, uh, a uh, full health Cal Clutterbuck in that series to yeah. just you know scare them a little bit more, give give their um, defensemen less time on the puck um, in the defensive zone um, to just get that four check that that has been so crucial at the start of this season. Um, to get that going. Yeah, yeah. So Boychuk got his second in that game. Barzil got his 14th off of a beautiful pass from Boychuk. Uh, and then Eberle and Barzi uh, finished it off in the shootout. Barzil was on just all over the place that game. Like, just really was, uh, I thought he had a, I thought he had a great game. Um, Isles come back home that Saturday, the 21st, against Anaheim. And I thought for sure this was going to be like a revenge game. We just beat the Bruins. Anaheim had uh, had beaten us when we were out in California. I was like, you know, Isles will put them away. This should be a good, you know, good game, good good way to start getting some wins again. And it just was like the most non-Islanders game I've ever seen. And, you know, the, the score ends up being 6-5. The Isles losing a shootout. Um, really they didn't, they didn't give up that many shots. But what was, what was disappointing about it was this was the first – time that trots decides to break the rotation he goes back to varlamov varley had a great game against boston you think okay he's gonna bounce back you know and and he gives up he gives up five goals on 28 shots and just like every time like like this game again i thought the islanders played a good game but every time they made a mistake they paid for it every time and it was just like this back and forth i mean you know Isles jump up one nothing. Lee scores. Then Anaheim comes right back. You know, comes back towards the end. They get two goals in like thirty seconds. Uh, Comtois and Carrick, and then Nelson scores like forty five seconds after that. It was just like this crazy end of the end of the period. So after one, it's like it's two two, and there were three goals between the sixteen twenty seven mark and the seventeen fifty mark. But you know, two for the Ducks and, and one for the Isles, uh, and then the second. You know, just again, back and forth. Henrique gives the Ducks the lead. Then Barzil scores his 15th. Letty scores. Isles get the lead back. Then, like, 25 seconds later, Silverberg scores. So it's tied. Period ends that way. And then at the end, and then, and then both teams traded a goal. Ducks score. And Pollock scores to make it 5-5. And then, of course, you know, uh, everybody... Uh, well, not, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say everybody. Bailey scores and Comtois scores, and then Silverberg scored to to finish it off. So we weren't getting saves during the game. We weren't getting saves in the shootout. It was kind of just like one of those like frustrating games. Isles did well in the faceoffs. Their power play was two for three. They had a good amount of hits, but it was just like one of those games where you're gonna, you know, you just sometimes your your goalie doesn't bail you out, or just things just don't go well, and 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 that was one that. You would have liked to see them bear down a little bit, but like they just seemed like they were kind of, even though they were, I thought, outplaying Anaheim for portions of the game, they would just seem like they were always chasing the game for some reason. Like there's just not really a lot of flow and they didn't really establish themselves in that game uh, to, to, to kind of, you know, take the two points, especially being at home on a Saturday, loud crowd. Um, you know, that was that was a disappointing one. Yeah, so Damon, at this point, I'm thinking the last game was a shootout win in Boston, then a shootout loss in Anaheim. Are you pro shootout or anti shootout? I hate shootouts. Me too. I don't. Everyone I talk to is anti shootout, and I'm. Who is pro shootout? Like, is that is there still an argument to keep the shootout? I feel like everyone is anti shootout. I mean, if you just like basically didn't have a clock in overtime and it was just three on three till somebody scored eventually someone's scoring like there's no there's no reason why you wouldn't do that I mean yeah maybe the players union would have a problem with it but you know what like it's going to add more points to these players numbers and they're going to get paid more so you know it'll, maybe it'll balance out I, I just I, I just I it was a fun gimmick after the lockout something to be excited about oh shootout you know everybody tunes in watches the shootout now it's like if I'm watching an out-of-market game and it goes through shootout, I just turn it off. I don't care. Like, I've seen everything you're going to see. Um, you're not, you know, so so I'm just – what's more disappointing about any, about all this is the, the lack of regulation wins that the Islanders have had lately. It yeah. seems like they always need overtime or a shootout. And, you know, the tiebreakers now are a little different. Regulation wins are weighted more than – 
um, overtime wins, which are weighted more than shootout wins, where before it used to just be regulation and overtime. So if this was last year, not a big deal. But now this year, it's it's it, it could hurt us. And, you know, I know we're we're still high in points percentage in the league, but the Metro division is creeping up on us. You know, surprise, surprise, Philly's two points back of us again. And not far behind them are the Penguins and the Hurricanes. And, you know, like everybody's everybody's creeping up on us again. So they got to find ways to finish games out in regulation. And they got to find ways to beat the lesser teams because they can't fall asleep here, you know, end of December, beginning of January. They, they can't afford to do that. We're almost at the halfway point, so we've got a lot of hockey left to go. And it's annoying because part of me thinks they are kind of falling asleep, and part of me says, yeah, the last two games they played Columbus and Anaheim, they didn't play badly. Like you said, just nothing went their way. And that's not to say, like, they were the victims, or it's not to say even though they should have gotten a power play right before Columbus scored their third, it's not to say that they lost because they didn't get calls. And It's just... Sometimes you don't get the bounces, and as much as they deserved to get many of the 35 points that they got on their 17-game winning game point streak, right? They went 15-0-2? Mm-hmm. Um, wait, then that would be 32 points. I'm an idiot. Anyway. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing the math. I just I, They had a 17-point game, you know, 17-point yeah. streak. That, that I know. As much as they deserved the, you know, many of the 32 that they got, they also got some lucky bounces. And I think Butch Goring said this on the on the on the prod on the uh, the the broadcast. I almost said podcast. <laughs> um, that you know they got the bounces there and there. They haven't gotten them the last two games, and and that happens. But I, I mean, I guess you'd like to think that it'll even out and they'll get a couple. And you know, if uh, I'll take a couple bounces in that Washington game away, um, right. Right, right. Well, no, you you hit it though. I mean, there were a lot of those games and during the streak where you're just like, man, they just can't lose. Like it's just going in, and now you're gonna have games where you outplay the opponent, and you know it all it all balances out. The hockey gods have a funny way of making it all balance out in the end. So as long as they're putting themselves in a position to win more than they put themselves in a position to lose, it's the scales will, will balance out, and they'll be a you know probably a hundred point team again. I mean they're 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 doing better than they were at this point last year, um, and we all know how that went. But they went on their tear towards the the you know about this time last year is when they started to figure it out, where they hopefully didn't peak too soon now. But you know it's a long season. I think this is the team you know as Islander fans, and we'll get into the Columbus game in a minute. But as Islander fans, we have not seen a team that. I don't want to say knows they're a playoff team, but these guys know they're a playoff team. So, you know, you can't sprint for 82 games. You have to pace yourself a little bit. And even the teams that are always in the mix and always end up, you know, being in the playoffs or being, you know, like Boston takes their foot off the gas at times. Washington takes their foot off the gas. Pittsburgh, when they were in their prime in Chicago, they would take their foot off the gas. You can't sprint the whole way there. Look at what happened to the Lightning last year. They were just playing, every, you know, they were firing on all cylinders the whole year, and the playoffs are a different animal. So I I think we're seeing the Islanders pacing themselves a little bit, which is fine, but don't get too complacent. And I don't think Barry will let them. So I'm not, I'm not sweating it. I just, you know, I look at the standings, and I'm like, oh, these teams are getting closer again. Like, that pad we had is just really gone now. Um, which is fine because I think the Islanders play better when they're under pressure. Um, yeah. You know, the famous Trotz line is you, he wants them to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So okay, well you're uncomfortable now. I mean, it's it's they're 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 on you. Um, yeah, so. I think that's a good point because I'm thinking about Boston were I think like two four and four in their last ten, and they go and beat Washington five one. I think away actually. Uh, yeah, statement game. Two. Statement game. They you, you know. That's, that's them getting back on track and and don't let two four and four um, fool you because not only were they exceptional in the Islanders game I mean that game was two really really good teams playing each other and just to go to go back really quickly um, I think the shots were like 
four three Islanders like midway through the second period. And I yeah. looked up and I was yeah. are we midway through the yeah. second period or midway through the first period? Um, but that wasn't like to say that it was a boring game. I mean, these both of these teams are two defensively crazy good teams, and I don't let two four and four fool you because the Bruins are. I mean, always a cup contender, and that's not going to go away this year. And and like you said with Pittsburgh, they take their foot off the gas pedal, and they're you know they're still doing really well without Sidney Crosby right now. What yeah. I just hope yeah. is that the Islanders, you know, letting go of that pad was not was not them losing it a little bit, but was instead, like you said, pacing yourself, and that now the 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 pad ahead of um, Philly and Pittsburgh and and Carolina is is since it's lower that you know the no, pressure's it's gone, back. man. It's not it's lower. Up. It's gone. There's no a two points is not a pad. That's one yeah. game. That's one game. Like that's not a pad anymore. They're just no, ahead of them they, in the standings. Um, now that that's gone, now you're back, and now you have to go back to what you're doing before. You don't obviously. I'm not going to say you're going to go 15-0 and two in your next in your for 17 games, but You've got to put your foot back on the pedal. You've got to keep going because that's what these teams do. That's what Pittsburgh do uh, or did, but still do, I think. Oh, they'll um, be back. When when yeah. Sid's back, that's going to be a shot in the arm. And if they're hanging around, they do it every year. They're going to they're gonna start putting wins together towards the end. So what you don't want to see happen is you don't want the Isles to drop down to that wild card spot because they're too good of a team for that. And the good news is I think they're slipping a bit early enough where I, I think Lou knew this before, but if he didn't, he certainly knows it now. The team needs another piece. And it's gonna hurt and you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to lose something, but you can't just keep rotating the flavor of the week from Bridgeport. Keep recalling guys like Andrew Ladd. Like that's not that's not gonna help. Um get the Islanders to where they need to be, which is true contender status. He's got to, he's got to do something else. And I know we talk about it every week, but it's because that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's so a good and speaking of this, like, so that the, the Columbus game is, is a perfect example of that to get into this now. Like they, they outshot Columbus, but they just couldn't find a way to put the game away. And, you know, Trotz goes back to Thomas Grice. And Grice has to figure out a way to get some wins here because he has been struggling lately. And and he just can't seem to get on the right side of the ledger when it comes to, to you know, the finish and, and, and getting this team a W. He doesn't play bad, but, you know, that goal at the end. So, I mean, Islanders, I thought really outplayed Columbus the whole game, but it was one of those situations where the road team is playing a good road game. And if you keep a bad team around long enough, there's going to, you know, all it is is one bounce. And that's exactly what happened. It was a terrible bounce. They got unlucky. And um, and that kid, who was it? Uh, Gavrikov was like just yeah. right place, right time, finishes it. And there's three and a half minutes left in the game. And, and, it's, and you knew that they weren't scoring there. So, you know, that was what was frustrating is, you know, you're starting to see the rule of three go away. The Islanders scored three goals a couple of times and ended up losing, which that never happens. And it happened twice in a row. Um, that's a little scary or not twice in a row but two out of the last three games they scored three goals and ended up losing the game um that just doesn't happen in the barry trotz era so that's that's something to be concerned with and now you know again uh two lesser teams and uh, again i thought the columbus game wasn't wasn't a bad one i mean the isles jumped out early i thought they were going to command the game and then you know second period comes and it's 2-1 columbus um, you know, Barzi continues to do well. Eberle continues to put up the assists. He's, he had, he's got 14 now. Barzi's got 16 goals. I mean, he's no become way. such a goal scorer. Yeah, he has 14 assists. Yeah, he's been on fire with his assists. He's involved in everything. And 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 Eberle's back on the on the first line now. Um, Bailey slotted on the third line with with uh, with Ladd and Michael Dal Cole, which was kind of a a weird weird. Uh, line, but it just goes to show you that for better or worse, this team has kind of lived and died by how the third line has been. Um, and now with Clutterbuck out, it shakes things up a bit. And, you know, you got Bailey playing center. I mean, I love Josh Bailey because he can play anywhere, but like he's not a, he really isn't a center anymore. I mean, to put him there, that just shows you how, how 
deficient our our offense is. And um, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was just it was just a bad it was just a bad bounce. And you know, I was out shot them. I thought the Owls outplayed them, but you know, again, two games in a row where they should have gotten the win and they didn't. And it's like, okay, now you know you're going into into uh, the game on Friday against the Blackhawks, which, you know, you know Robin Leonard is going to be amped, amped to play his old team. And and really, you know, he's going to he's going to want to he's going to want to shove it up, lose, you know what. So, um, you know, did you see them Chicago, getting into it on Twitter? Hmm? Did you see them getting into it on Twitter? Yeah, Leonard? yeah, yeah. Lee and Boychuk and uh, and Leonard getting into it. It's funny. They, they You could tell those guys are still so tight. Like, it's so funny. I think like, you know, uh. Leonard was giving them some, giving them some, some grief, and uh, and Lee responded with like a Thanos gif that said like "see you in the crease." That is cool. Like I just, there, that's that's been a lot of fun, and that's gonna be a fun game to watch. But like, you can't mess around now. Like these are again, like if they go into Chicago and they don't win again, that's gonna be three games where they should have had at least four to six points, and they didn't. Like that can't happen. You because teams are just not. There's no, there's no margin of error right now. There's no room for it. So. And, you know, Lad came back in the Columbus game. Uh, ben, you said it best right before we recorded. You said, well, I didn't really have high expectations, and he kind of met them. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I, I mean, I just see Andrew Ladd out there, and I just, it's just like ho-hum. Okay. Like, he's not going to do anything to impress me. He's going to mostly chase the puck. He might get a shot off, but, like, he's not the answer. I thought he exceeded my low expectations, which isn't to say that he was amazing, but— I think this, if you if you look at the line, you're talking about like Josh Bailey's not a center. And if you're looking at those middle two lines, which have always been the focus of our, you know, who's the answer conversation, which, as you said, is never ending because it's not going to end until you bring someone in. To me, you know, we're talking about, you know, the difference that he'll make in terms of points, in terms of wins. But if you look purely on the difference that it makes to the lines, you're looking at the second line. Or the third line was Bailey, Ladd, and Del Cole, and the second line was Nelson, Bowe, and Broussard. If you add another guy that's capable of scoring, like who, it doesn't matter what the name is, then you're looking at a, uh, two second lines, five of six players that are second line players at, if they're playing well, um, plus one more. And then you get to pick of for the sixth guy, because you're looking at, of the five I'm talking about, would be Nelson, Bailey, uh, Beauvillier, Brissard, um, the, the new guy. And then you, for the sixth player, you take your pick based right. on whoever's playing, playing well. Then, play the hot hand, yeah. It, it could be Wallstrom if you're lucky. It, it could be Dal Cole if he picks it up. Um, it could be um, Andrew Ladd. It could even, if you're, you know, depending on the game, you, it could be Ross Johnston. It could be Leo Komarov. It could be whoever you want. And you're allowed to have a third line that doesn't, you know, that has the auxiliary guy because the Islanders' fourth line is a third line, kind of. Right. Um, right. right. And so you're looking at a team that goes from a third line that is always, you know, since the since the beginning of last year, has never really had an answer. It's been a, a question mark that sometimes, you know, had a Val Filpola taking the whole team and and sniping one because, and then you're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, or, and, but that also ar- um, arises questions of who's going to play with Filpola and, and Kamrav. Is it Josh Hosang? Who knows? And Josh Hosang can also be that sixth, that, that sixth guy in the middle two lines because he's back in Bridgeport now. Uh, Did you just as say well. Filipula? No, I'm talking about. I was starting from last year. Um, wow. back, you like, you, okay, you you yeah. lost me a little bit. From last year, the third line has always had questions. And yeah, but there the was third a, line last year was a shutdown line because you anybody that had if, with Filipula, like that's the difference, and that's what we were talking about with Broussard and Filipula. Like Filipula was always meant to be a shutdown, responsible three C. We don't have that. Yeah. Sard was signed to be that, but he ended up being a much better winger and helping Beauvillier and Nelson out. But now you've got a solid second line, but you've got a, a gaping hole in your third line, and you don't have a shutdown center. Exactly. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. When when Broussard went to, went to wing, you were like, great. I mean, awesome, Derek. But there's 
you as much as you and you know made our second line better, our question of who's going to be on the third line has not only not been answered, it's an even bigger question. Right. Right, exactly. And, and that's we, I think part of what I mean the there's answer. no consistency on the with the forwards and I think what you're seeing is and Barry's not like um Barry's not like like Mike Babcock where he'll like do things intentionally to like show up his GM, but like Barry has tried every combination that he possibly can with the lineup that he's got. And that's to me him showing Lou I don't have enough, man, like you got to help me out here. And you saw that at the end of the last season when they said opposing things, you know, where Barry said we need another goal scorer. And, and then the beginning of this season, Lou said, oh, uh, we don't need another goal scorer, uh, you know, like which is him, I think, just covering himself. But you're seeing that now. And I think it becomes more and more apparent when you don't beat these teams that you should be beating. And yeah. That's, that's where as we get into the grind – and the next three months where, you know, it's it's it really it's going to be, you know, you're going to have the, the bye week, but that's about it. And the all-star break. But, you know, it's a grind for the most part. And they they have to figure out something. And I think it's I, I, I keep saying it. And, and you know, I, I at the, you know, the, the risk of sounding like a broken record. I mean, you know, it's, it's not going to change until they, they they step up and they and they do something. So. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's out there and what, what what's available. But, I mean, I think I've seen some people worried about the defense. I think the defense is fine. You can't operate on a high level the entire year. You're going to have a couple of games that are just track meets. And that just is, you know, the nature of the the nature of the beast. It's not I'm not I'm not as worried about that. Um, but I, I would like to see a little bit more consistency in that lineup with with what they're going to do with the third line. So. Well, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Amen. have you yeah. noticed how much um, Barry Trotz has like ostracized Leo Komarov? Yeah, I, that's really play? surprising to me. Well, if you look at, I mean, agreed because Leo Komarov. I mean, it. What I was gonna get to is that Komarov, his, as much as the Islanders are an analytics nightmare, Komarov's personal analytics have been awful this season his xg is like horrific his xga but that's no that's nothing new i know i agree that's the thing is that i'm surprised because all of his analytics are are atrocious but his analytics last year were atrocious too and you know the eye test would say like okay he was fine and that's because he was insulated it's because he was insulated by philpola but I don't think that he's been materially worse this year. But I think no. Trotz but he has- no. But he doesn't have the wing. He doesn't have the center to protect him and insulate him. He's playing with two new guys every night, or he's sitting in the press box. Right, and that's when you go to see. Like I said something the other day. I think it was against Anaheim, where I was like talking to 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 maybe like my family. We have like a an Islander group thread that we're always talking on and stuff. And I said, God, if Matt Barzell goes down for any reason with whatever. This team is cooked. Like they are so they are so paper thin on their roster that if they lose him, like like this is a this is a perfect example. And I'm glad you brought this up with Komarov because last year you had some depth there where you could get away with Leo Komarov because you knew that Phil Blow was gonna just, you know, they were he was he was gonna do what he needed to do in 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 his in his own zone. And that helped Komarov. This year because Barry doesn't have, doesn't have the, the 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 guys up the middle, and he's tried. Lord knows he's tried everything. I mean, Bailey playing center just goes to show you that he's just literally this is a flare that he's that he's shot up for for help. Um, you're seeing that he's like, well, I can't put Leo in the lineup then because I don't have anybody to protect him. So now that that just shows you how fragile this lineup can be. And when you're winning because of the system. It hides a lot of that, but sometimes you, sometimes your players just need to be the better players. System be damned, and that's where we struggle, and that's where we don't have the game breakers. That's and that's been the case. That was the case last year. Is the case this year. So, you know, it all is. It's all related to that. And I think that he made a big. He, you know, I love that Broussard was signed. And if you would have known, hindsight's twenty twenty. You signed Broussard as a wing, and you signed Brian Boyle as your three C, and that would have solved everything. But you thought that you were getting a three C out of out of Derek Broussard. So 
Um, you know, we're saying the same thing, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think why Ben, I think you're just seeing that Barry doesn't have the faith in him without a, a you know, strong supporting cast. I mean, and you can say the same thing for all these guys. You can say the same thing. Who is Lee without Barzell? Who's Everly without Barzell? Um, you and know, it's, it's because there are guys in Bridgeport who are almost ready, just almost yeah. You see Wallstrom, who looked good for a couple of games and didn't quite make it. And you see Koivolo, who looked for, good for a couple of games and didn't quite make it. And I think it's only a matter of time until Bellows gets a call-up. Yes. And yes. he will. And I would probably guess, I mean, if if the past has any indication, then he'll look good for a couple of games and then probably not quite make it. Um, and it's and not because of the way these guys are playing. Exactly. It's, honestly, it's because... It's almost like Barry sets the narrative for these kids, and it's like, oh, I'm going to give you a chance, give you some confidence, and then I'm going to just slowly chip away at your minutes until you're so marginalized that it doesn't matter. And maybe that's part of what he's doing, too. Maybe that's his plan, and he's trying to show Lou we need more established NHLers. But, like, he did it – he's done it to every single guy that's been called up. And, yes, Bellows, while I'm excited and I'm so happy for the kid, he is on fire he's scoring like crazy and and i'm so thrilled and if he keeps that up he's definitely going to get the call up but like the same thing's going to happen so how excited can you can you really be well i would i agree that being said i'm thinking about it and i know we're talking about different you know this this could be a stretch but i'm i'm thinking about examples all over the sporting world in not necessarily in hockey where when kids come up, you integrate them. They do really well. And you then you take them out. And they're just itching to get back. They're just – they want it more than they thought was possible. And then they're back, and they keep doing it, and then they stay. And then you take them out again, and you keep doing it. And that's been proven to work um, on, on occasion. As, and it's one of the tactics that's made famous by – the, the man that I would call the best coach in sporting history, um, Sir Alex Ferguson, who did it um, for Manchester United, who's the soccer team that I support. And it works where, for an example, if you do it with, um, it would have been a little bit better if, you know, Wallstrom had gotten a goal where Wallstrom scores and then he plays a little bit less and then he doesn't play and he goes back to Bridgeport and he's just thinking about that goal. He's replaying it over and over in his head. And he just wants to get back and do it again. And then when right when he thinks just at the moment where he's still trying so hard to get back. And he, he's almost almost to the point where it's too much. Then he's back. And then he does it again. And that's how you build this maturity in players that I, I think is what, Trot, is what Trotz might be trying to get at. Is that as... It's the the build to this team that that Lou has been instilling. Where as much as I'm not a fan of wait until, uh, and I'm sure you aren't either because we've talked about it. Um, wait until these guys are ready. We're not. We're in win later. We're in. You know, we're almost there, but we have the resources already. We just have to let them marinate. Where these kids are almost there, and they can do it. I think that. Lou and Barry think next year Bellows and Wallstrom and Koivula and even like Aho maybe like these guys are so close that they think that they're the ones they just need to wait just a little bit and I'm not but but that's but you know what you're not developing these guys under Brent Thompson and that's a it's a that's honestly a discussion for another day I just I've I I'm not impressed with him as a coach and um you know it's it's frustrating because you thought on paper that Bridgeport would be a lot better this year and they're just they've they've leveled out they're a little bit better than they were they started the season you know terribly because they were they were decimated because the Isles were injured and they were calling guys up and but like I I I I don't know I don't know if that's as, as much of a given as as you think because I mean you're gonna all of a sudden you're gonna two guys who traditionally don't play kids are all of a sudden going to have four of them on the roster? I There's no way. But here's – I was thinking about it, and this is maybe just a, maybe a little bit raw, but I think I said this before the season started in our first podcast, and we have seven 
I'm almost tempted to say we have seven either top six or almost top six defensemen. That's how good I think all of them are. Well, what do you mean all- top six? You only you only play six defensemen. Sorry, top four defensemen. Top four? Yeah. yeah. I honestly think that all seven of them are either already good enough or just a, just a little bit away from being top four defensemen. And the truth of the matter is I love all of them to pieces, but you might have to give one of them up. You're going to. If you want to get a player that's going to help shape the team, you gotta you trade from where your strengths are. And our strength yeah. is defense. And, you and that's get- you know, we've got we've got we've got very um team friendly contracts for a lot of these guys. And I don't be surprised if don't be surprised if one of them gets moved. And you need to. You you have to. You you can't keep going on this way. Um, so we'll see. I mean, but again, I, I you know, I don't want to lose not hasn't done anything. So there's no reason to think that he's going to now. So you just have to kind of wait and see what, what develops, you know, which is difficult from a podcasting standpoint. It is. Respect- oh, it's extremely, <laughs> trust me. If, if we were doing this, we talked about Garth last week. If we were doing this when Garth was the GM, we'd have so much juicy rumors and gossip and this to talk about and all like, Lou is just like it's it's he's just quiet man. It's radio silence with him. So you know it's it's tricky, but I think he knows it. I think he knows that they need something. I I would be shocked if we went into the playoffs the same way we did last year, where we do nothing because the same you know that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results. It's, it, the same thing is going to happen. You're going to run into the hot team, whether it's in the first round, second round, third round. You, you know until you can say unequivocally we have the best defense we have the best goaltending we have the best forwards you don't know you, you just don't know it's a crapshoot and maybe that's part of parity no team is going into the playoffs perfect but uh you can still address the flaws and there's a reason why there's always an arms race at the trade deadline and it's always the teams that you know are doing well and are in, you know, the finals or the Eastern Conference finals. Like, they constantly add. 30 teams fail and one succeeds. So, you know, I'd like to see them do more. Uh, you know, we've got a we've got a, an interesting stretch. We've got the Blackhawks coming up on Friday in Chicago. Um, they're not a good team. But, again, Robin Leonard, I think, is going to be out to prove something. You've got Minnesota on Sunday at Minnesota. Uh, so that's another one that, you know, Minnesota started off the season real, real poorly, but they've picked it up and they've been a real good team lately. So that's on the road again. And then you've, and then new year's day, uh, new year's Eve at one o'clock, you're in Washington playing the caps. So three tough games. And now they kind of backed themselves into a bit of a corner where they left points on the table. And now you got to take two or three of those games. Um, so they got us, they got, they, they have to put, they have to put, some road wins together because they've been much better at home than they have been on the road. And, and it's time to, to prove that you can win on the road wearing white, you know? Yeah. Well, so again, you know, I, I think with these three games, take, take two of them. Hell man. If they, if they come back and they win these and they win all three of these, then you're like, you're feeling much better about, about, the, about the team. So um, hopefully, hopefully they can, but, but I, four out of six points beat Chicago you know, maybe get a point in Minnesota and then go out and beat Washington. Beat Washington at home, uh, on the road, in their building. That'll that'll be a, a you know, a, a nice statement win. So And for fuck's sake, can we do them in regulation? I know, right? Let's get some regulation wins. We're going to we're going to be spoiled here. We're going to some first world, you know, second exactly. problems. Ah, uh, can we get our wins in regulation? But some of them. Let, let's let's beat some teams in 60 here, not 65. I mean, 65 is fun, but it doesn't really work out for the for the tiebreaker, like you said. Right, right. So and I, that's, I mean, look, that's if that's if you that's if you you know if if you get into a tiebreaker scenario. I mean, if they're still getting points, fine. Like that's not a big deal. But but you know, let's at least you, you, so get get some regulation wins here. So uh, yeah. so this will be the last this will be the last Long Island Sound podcast of 2019. Will it, will it be? Don't we have next week? Yeah. Oh no, today's the yeah, June sixth already. Wow. So 
we will be kicking off 2020 after probably after that New Year's Eve game uh, against the Caps. So we'll see. Hopefully we're in much, hopefully we're in better mood that 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 episode than than this one because this has been this has been a little rough rehashing that Anaheim and Columbus game. Like those those have not been fun games. Talk but about, like but, I said, I mean, if you can if if this is gonna be the rough patch, then that's great. We'll come back. We'll keep doing what we're doing, and we'll, you know, be a 100-point team and, you know, be second or third at the worst in the Metro. And, and you're looking at a, a good season where you can um, – where we've built off of last season, and hopefully next year we build off of this year. I know we're obviously getting ahead of ourselves and maybe get something at the deadline. The issue is if this becomes the norm. And we just – that's why the next couple of games are crucial, just to make sure it's not the norm. Just get back to winning ways. Make it – Two out of three, not one out of three. Three out of three would be amazing. You know, borderline, you know, the usual stuff. Just get back to Islanders hockey. You know, maybe get a shutout or a one goal. Just remember you're the best defensive team in the league. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a good, that's a, that's a, that's a great place to end it, Ben. So, uh, Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, wish you uh, a very happy New Year's and uh, safe travels back uh, back up north when you when you when you when you head out. So, thank you. I'll yeah. be home for. I think I'm going back. I don't even know what day of the week. It's Thursday, right? It's Thursday, yeah. Going yeah. back the thirtieth. Uh, All right. You got a couple. You got a couple. You got a couple of days. Yeah. New Year's is my dad's birthday, actually. So. Oh, uh, okay. I'll get that with him. Um, Nice. You know, watch. Um, we'll watch our soccer team, and the next day, I'm, I'm, I penciled in the New Jersey game on the second as a possible game I might, I might go to. So we'll see. Uh, if we're lucky, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Ben's at li sound underscore. I'm at kaiju blue thirteen. Catch us on Anchor FM, Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, we wish you all a happy, safe, healthy New Year's. Thanks for riding out the end of the year with us. We appreciate it. Let's go, Isles. We'll see you back in 2020. For Ben, I'm Damon. Later.